0: We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by his word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Welcome to church, my friend. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I am so excited that you are in church today, this second Sunday of this month, our month of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome. Listen, it's not too late, my friend, to invite someone to come and be part of this service, all right? um, You know, personal invitation is still the fastest way we can evangelize and make disciples of all nations. So I want to take a moment right now and, hey, send a text to somebody and say, hey, come and join me in this On this platform, Gateway Chapel Online Church. Yes, it's Gateway Chapel Online Church, and I am your favorite pastor. The Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. So it's not just an online, it's not just, we're not just doing church online, it's an online church. That means that everything you need to grow spiritually is available online here on this platform. What does that mean to you? It means that on Sunday, you hear the word of God from us. I'm I'm teaching you right now. On Wednesday, you get to join me and I pray about your career, your favorite pastor, Pastor Eddie. On Thursday, again, online on Zoom, you join our midweek service and you join our Bible Connect group. So it's an online church. Your entire family are online. So thank you for being in service today. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your your peer. People, oh God, for your children all over the world who have come to hear this message today. Father, I thank you. Lord, I ask, oh God, that you bless their hearts, bless their intentions. Father, in the name of Jesus, cause your hand to be upon them. Let them hear a voice behind them telling them which way to go in the name of Jesus. Let this service be a service of divine turnaround uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, let this service be a supernatural service to someone under the sound of my voice in jesus mighty name we pray and you say amen praise the lord if you want to get in touch with me my details will be on the screen towards the end let me hear from you let me be able to pray for you pray pray with you mentor you coach you and be there for you hallelujah now just before we go into the message we are looking at do you trust god part two trusting God in life challenges. But before we do that, let me just take a moment to pray for you using a particular scripture, our scripture focus for this month. It's in Habakkuk chapter 3. You know this is the month of July. It says and the Bible says here, the prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet on Singunon. Oh Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. It says, revive your work in the midst of the year and I believe that July is part of the midst of the year I believe that it's an anointing and a grace that God is set to rise upon you and your family this month and so I pray for you with this scripture that God will revive, that God will use you to revive his work he says revive your work in the midst of the year and that God will also revive your work in the name of Jesus I pray that the spirit of revival will rest upon you and that God will use your Hands to revive anything that is not working in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. When your work is revived, if, when your work is revived, uh, harvest, harvest, and productivity is inevitable. I pray that God will bring you into a dimension of harvest that you have never, that you that you only imagine. Praise the Lord that in the area of your of the works of your hands, that God will do exceedingly abundantly, and above all that you can ever ask or imagine. By his spirit. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. And I say be blessed. I bless the works of your hands today. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Now today we are looking at do you trust God part two. Trusting God in life's challenges. Trusting God in life's challenges. And we, are, and we will be looking at uh, Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 8. Do you trust God? Verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Very clear instructions. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I command strength to your bones in the name of Jesus. If there's anybody here who is sick or ill in their body, I command strength, the strength of God, to your bones in the name of Jesus. I that take authority over the spirit of sickness and infirmity in your life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And so, we started looking at last week, we started looking at the what, what, what does it mean to really trust God. I want to continue from there, from there today. And I said last week that God demands our, our faith, God defines our focus, and God determines our future. And we're going to be looking at, you know, some people go about dealing with situations by seeking guidance or counsel from, 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 from anything but the Bible. Some even go ahead and they seek counsel from astrologies. They, they seek counsel from horoscopes. Maybe even psychics, tarot cards, fortune tellers, palm readers. People seek guidance from all manner of areas. Others go about dealing with situations by seeking guidance or counsel from immature people. They seek guidance from counsel from carnal people. They seek guidance and counsel from unsound from, from, believers. Yes. Unsound believers. Just because someone says they are Christians does not mean that they, they qualify to give you counsel. And in my stint uh, as a pastor, I have seen people who ask other immature Christians for advice, and that advice eventually derailed them. I've seen Christians who are on their way on their, or, 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 or who, are, who were progressively growing and growing in their faith until they start hanging around on sound believers in the church. And before you know it, they, they get distracted and get, they get derailed, they find themselves doing their things that was not their intention when they joined the church. How do you deal with situations? Some seek counsel, Some seek counsel from godly philosophy. Some seek counsel from talk shows. you'll be shocked. Some seek counsel from radio shows, from news, from social media. Some get counsel from magazines, websites, from word of mouth, from ungodly people, and so on and so forth. So you see, in 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 18, you see, the Bible says here, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. And by marriage, he aligned himself with Ahab. Some, after some years, he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria. And Ahab killed sheep and oxen and abundance of, for him and the people who were with him and persuaded, and persuaded him to go with him to Ram of Gilead. So Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, will you go with me against Ram of Gilead? And he answered him, I am as you are. My people are your people and you will be with me in time of war. Also, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, Please inquire of the word of the Lord today. Then the king of Israel gathered their prophets together, 400 men, and said to them, Shall we go to war against Ram of Gilead, or shall I refrain? So they said, Go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hands. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there was still one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him because he never prophesies good concerning me, but always evil. He is, he is Micaiah, the son of Imlam. And Joshua said, Let not the king say such things. And so you see here, Ahab wanted a uh, needed counsel. He went, instead of seeking a, an authentic prophet of God and inquire of God he went to the prophets that he has put together himself, people who will tell him what he wants to hear and so there are so many people today rather than seek the face of God and seek the counsel of God, they look for people who will tell them what they want to hear and it's not the first time Saul did the same thing Saul needed to hear the voice of God, but the Bible says Saul went, Saul went to a particular witch and said, can you invoke the spirit of Samuel and ask him and inquire of the spirit of Samuel? People still do the same today. They go to prophets who, pray, who, who, who in quote pray for them. They go to people I don't even know how. I don't even know how they are living their lives, and ask them, "Oh, can you pray for me? Can you see for me?" <laughs> One prophet who don't even know who you are, or understand that you, or understand that you are just a lazy Christian who has refused to grow and hear the voice of God and see the counsel of God. Who doesn't even know what you do what, what you do and how you live your life? You go to them because you want them to tell to seek the face of God for you, because you have just refused to grow. Or because you don't even really you don't really trust God. If we don't fully trust God, we may be reluctant to follow the path He's chosen for, for us. Lack of trust is the reason while we don't really, really, really pursue the, or follow the path that God has chosen for us. Even though we, he always leads us in the right way or, 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 or our fear or, or, of, 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 of uncertainty, causes us, causes us to sidetrack, to sidestep and, and, and step out of the will of God and step out of his commands and opt for our own cause. There's something about man that just wants to be in charge. There's something about man that just want to be a part of what's going on in their life. Listen, we've got to come to a point where you trust God. Let's be honest. You are not sure, you, are not, you, are, you, don't, you don't trust God because you are not sure that he will deliver. Or worse still, that he will deliver what you don't want. And that's why we don't trust him. But the Bible says trust It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. God commands us to trust him. God commands you and I to trust him. Trust is a strong belief in someone's integrity, ability, and character. Trust is a strong belief in that say in that in that someone will do what he says we will do, or someone can do and will do what he says he will do. My friend, God is not a man. This is the kind of confidence that we are we to have in the Lord. Then whatever he says or requires of us, we will know with certainty that he is right. You've got to trust God. If we lack trust, we won't follow him. And we don't follow him. Because we lack trust. If we lack trust, we will not follow him. We will not follow God. And we don't follow God because we lack trust. I pray that the grace to do a U-turn in this area, I pray that grace rests upon you, my friend, today, in the name of Jesus. You've got to bring your point, you bring yourself to the place of trust with the Lord. If we don't trust God, we'll find ourselves living outside the will of God. On the other hand, if we spend our lifetime trusting and obeying Him, we can testify that He has never let us down. He has never let us down. And He will never let you down. The basis of trust in God is His sovereignty, not an event the basis of trust is in his sovereignty i his name is his jehovah i am that i am he's the alpha he's the omega he is the he's the beginning and he's the end he was there before time he created time so the basis of trust is in his sovereignty not in the event. He is the divine ruler over all things. That's why we trust him. You must bring yourself to a place where, you, where it, it, it sinks in your mind and your spirit that the divine ruler of over all things is your God and Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's a divine ruler over all things and all people at all times. God is the divine ruler over all things and all people at all times. His sovereignty, his wisdom, his, his his sovereignty is his wisdom. His sovereignty is his power. His sovereignty is his righteousness all wrapped into one. The Lord's purpose is always right because of his sovereignty. The purpose of God and the decisions of God are always good, even if it doesn't look the way we want it to look. Even if it is different from our perspective. It is, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. Nineteen ninety-seven, I applied for. I was working as a traffic warden, and um, I was working as a traffic warden in Chelsea. Uh, but uh, and, and uh, I was on twelve thousand pounds a year in nineteen ninety-seven. But in Westminster, uh, in in, in, uh, uh, in Westminster, there was um, an an opening for a traffic for, for traffic for a traffic warden. So and they, were, and, they, and they were offering to pay £15,000, <laughs> £3,000 different. Uh, and I thought, wow, you know what? I'm a good traffic coordinator. I, 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 I qualify. So I applied. I went for the interview, very confident, told myself there's no way I will fail this test. Did the written test, passed, smashed this. Went for the interview, I was so confident, I knew there's just no way. There's no way I needed that extra three grand. Because after tax on 12K, I could barely take 900 pounds a month home. By the second week, we're already broke. It was tough times. So I needed that extra 3,000 pounds a year injection of, of, of cash in the family. But uh, lo and behold, five days later, I got a letter from the company saying, that uh, my application was unsuccessful. I was very angry. I was furious. I was upset. If I had the money, I would have sued them. In fact, in fact I told, my, I told, I told uh, uh, Pastor Bola, I said, look, you know what? I need to go back to that office and register my complaint. <laughs> I registered, my goodness, I know Show that I want to see the person who qualified for this role. Little did I know that God had something bigger. This was April. This was around February 1998. Yeah, February 1998. Guess what? April 1998. I applied for a job with a Fortune 500 company. By May, I was selected and I got a job. Got a job from being a traffic warding to a high-flying Oracle applications, Oracle Financial Applications Consultant, traveling, traveling around Europe with an Amex card, laptop and a company car to go. I, 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 that was already in the works, and God knew. If I had, if I had, if I had been taken to do this particular uh, traffic quality job, there is no way I would have applied for that Oracle job. There's no way I would have been satisfied. And God knew that if I, if I, if I, if I, if I got that job, I would settle, and build an empire on fifty thousand pounds a year. So He ensured that I wasn't selected. My friend, you've got to trust the sovereignty of God. Your life is in Christ and Christ in God. The enemy has no say in your life. All things work together for good. But you've got to come to a point, my friend, where you trust in the Lord. We can't always understand why he allows sickness. We can't always understand why he allows illness. We can't always understand why he allows trouble. We can't always understand why he allows heartache and headaches. But we can know that he's a loving and trustworthy God. You may not understand his moves. But one thing I know, one thing I know, he's a loving and trustworthy God. If we don't believe this, we will question his will when situations don't match our expectations. If you don't believe this, you will always question his will. Question the outcome when situations don't match up to your expectation. God is here to do his will in your life. God is not here to do your will in your life. You are not Lord even though you assume that position at times. (laughs) But he is Lord. He is God of the whole earth, not you, my friend. That's why we are told not to lean on our own understanding. Because your understanding, my friend, is very limited. When we don't comprehend that what's happening, we can trust in God because he never changes. He said, Lord, I don't know what's going on here, but I trust you. Lord, this is is different from This is not what I expected, but I trust you. Lord, I'm going through pain right now, but I trust you. Lord, I don't understand what's going on with this child, but I trust you. Lord, I don't understand what's going on with my finances, but I trust you. Lord, I don't know what's going on with my health, but I trust you. Because of your sovereignty, not because of the event, not because of the outcome. Do you really trust God? Or do you trust Him only when you get what you want out of life? That's not a good place to be, my friend. That is not a good place to be. Knowing that He's always gracious, merciful, and kind allows us to rest in his, his his, His sovereign will for us. He's merciful, He's kind. He knows us intimately has chosen exactly the right path for us. God knows us intimately, and has chosen and will always choose the right path for you. But the question is, do you trust him? Do you trust him? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. The degree to which we are to trust God it's with all our heart. And God knows that sometimes you, sometimes we offer partial trust. That's why he said with all your heart. Not sometimes, but all the time. All the time. All the time. You must trust God all the time with your finances. Not so today. I don't so feel like it. I don't so, I won't so tomorrow. Not tithe this month. Oh, I won't tithe not more. No, that is partial trust. If you are going to trust God, my friend, go all out. Go all out. It's called F-A-I-T-H. Faith. Faith. I don't understand, but I trust you. I don't understand, but I trust you. I can do with this much, but but I I trust you. I'll sacrifice this. I don't have the time to serve, but out of the little time I have, I will offer my skills and my talents for the promotion of the gospel of Jesus. Instead of relying on our own knowledge, perception, or reasoning, we should put our total trust in the Lord. Total trust. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth you shall meditate upon it day and night. Total trust. This requires more than just agreeing with him. We can actually agree with God about many things and many teachings in the Bible without actually trusting him. Many of us agree, but we don't trust. You can actually agree with God regarding every teaching in the Bible, but still not trust him. So agreement and trust are two different things. Agreement means we believe something is right, but genuine faith responds with action. Genuine faith responds to that belief with action. So many of us, we don't. We are in agreement, but we don't trust him. You agree with the things in scriptures. You agree that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You agree that what you read in the Bible is correct, but you don't trust him. Don't trust him. We do that because we do what God says because we trust him to guide us the right way. The evidence of belief is action. The evidence of belief is action, so trust him and the action to that is you do what he says you should do and also believe that whatever the outcome is, is the best for you. Wholehearted trust also means we can't pick and choose areas we entrust to him while trying to keep other parts of our lives under our own control. Whole-hearted trust also means we can't pick and choose areas we entrust to God while trying to keep other parts of our lives under our own control. That means you say, well, Lord, uh, I I trust you with my finances, but with my relationship, I don't trust you. Or vice versa. I trust you with my relationship, eh, but with my finances, I don't trust you. After all, there's no pound sterling in heaven, so I don't trust you. I trust you with my marriage. Uh, But with my children, I don't trust you. I'm going to raise them the way my father raised me and my grandfather raised my father, and so I'm going to raise them by way of my culture. I don't trust you. I always say to people, all you see is not all there is. It is foolish to rely on our own perception because it is so limited. But God's understanding is complete eternal and final. Even when we don't comprehend or like what's happening, we can still rely on his loving wisdom and respond in trust. Trust is a matter of the heart. Trust is a matter of the heart. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. To acknowledge someone is to recognize him. But when we acknowledge God, we are not merely admitting he exists, but confirming he is Lord. He is Lord of our lives. He is our Lord who has authority over us and the right to give us direction in every area of our lives. So to acknowledge someone is to recognize him. When we acknowledge is to admit that you are Lord over my so so there, so there's admission versus acknowledgement. So many of us admit, but we don't acknowledge. We admit that He's God. We admit that He's all powerful, but we don't acknowledge Him. We don't recognize Him as the as as, as Lord. We don't recognize and, and we don't recognize that He's capable of directing our lives and his final judgment, whether it is suitable for us or not, is correct. Many of us admit that he is God, but we do not acknowledge him. So, we, so he cannot be Lord because we don't acknowledge him. Many of us are lords of our own lives while admitting that he is God. We are lords of our lives while admitting that he is God. In each choice or situation, we acknowledge him by surrendering to his will and trusting him fully. So to acknowledge him, we surrender fully. What does God want me to do? He is always correct. He is always right. His path isn't always easy, but it's always the best. The path of God is not always easy, but it's always the best. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And he went to the cross. So my friend, carry your cross and trust him. When we think we can do a better job of plotting our own cause for happiness and prosperity, it may look good for a while, but eventually, We will suffer the wear and tear that comes with unprotected details. There is no insurance to your decision. There is no insurance. But there's insurance in the decisions of God. He will never fail, He will never deny Himself. But you can fail. And you are limited. You can only value and evaluate what you see and what you hear. You have a serious limiting factor running against you. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Turn away from evil. And so whenever we choose our own path, eventually it will catch up with you in any area of your life. Whenever any area of your life where God is not acknowledged, any area of your life where God is not Lord, where Jesus is not Lord, and you make your own limiting decisions or you make your own choices based on your limited decisions of facts, it's a matter of time. It will always catch up with you, whether it's in your finances or with your children or with your marriage or with your relationship or with your job it will always catch up with you. So, in what area of your life do you have the most difficulty trusting God? I'm asking you. Why do you think it's so hard to trust him with this particular area? What promises in his word could bring you assurance for his trustworthiness? And why does God have to prove himself with you? The truth is, the reason why we struggle at times is because we don't know him. Because sometimes, we don't, we, 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 when you know someone, you trust them. But we don't know God enough. So there's still this niggling doubt. Can he deliver? Will he do what he says he can do? So let me give you a few tips to help you. Number one, in trusting God, and dealing with life situations. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That is, do not let your emotions rule your life. Do not be anxious. Bring them to God so that God can help you. You have, you are, you have not believed a fake religion. This is a way of life, and it is real. And you've had testimonies, and you've had countless testimonies of the hand of God upon the members of this household, at least. Number two. Delight in the words and meditate upon it day and night. Psalm 1 verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. When you trust God, you will go to him in his word. When life is hard, when you trust God, you will find the appropriate scripture to address whatever challenge you are going through in his word. It is simple but very effective. You will also act in obedience to his word and have the confidence that he will ultimately take care of the rest. The Bible records ways God has responded to difficult situations in the Bible. Look at the way God responded to Hannah when Hannah was believing God for a child. Look at the man by the beautiful gate who was crippled, how the apostles grabbed him by the hand and raised him and said, silver and gold we have none, for such as we have, such as we have, our exposure to the word of God, so such as we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Arise and walk. And the Bible says his ankles, his knees receive strength. So the Bible is full of examples of God's intervention. The man who, for 38 years, has been crippled. Or the woman who's the only son, the only son she had died. And the, during the funeral process, they walked, went past Jesus. And Jesus stopped that process and healed and raised that man, raised that child. Or Jairus' daughter. Or the woman with the issue of blood. There will always be challenges, my friend. But the Bible shows us various encounters, how God, how Jesus rescued people and, inter- and intervened in their life. And even in the Old Testament, we see how God cared about the whole people of Israel, the whole people of nations, moving them from, 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 from uh, Egypt to Canaan. And all the bells and whistles that goes with it, or that went with it. Here at Gateway Chapel, your church, your online church, every last Sunday of every month, even on this platform right now, go and watch them. There are testimonies of, of, um, testimonies of people of encounter that people have given thanks to God of God's intervention in their lives. delight in his word, and meditate on it. It's very simple, but very effective. Number three, expect his help and intervention as the only hope. And many of you, you you say you believe God, but you have a plan B and a plan B-1. I'm not saying don't have plans. You always make plans. But I'm talking about your hope, secretly. Your hope is in your plan. If plan A fails, you go to plan B. And then plan B1, and then plan B1, and then plan B2, and then C. Where is your hope? Yes, we make plans because we are skilled people, but our hope, my hope is in God. My hope is in God. My hope is not in my plan. Even though I plan, even though I plan because I I have skills to plan, but my hope is in God. Expect His help and intervention as the only hope. God is my only hope. (laughs) God is my only hope. I've been preaching like this for 18 years. God is my only hope. When When we were seven people, I preached like this. When we became ten, I preached like this. When we became 19, I preached like this: God is my only hope. When we hit 100, I preached like this: 200, 500, over a thousand, like this. My hope is not in who comes in and who goes out. My hope is in God. My hope is not in my plan. My hope is in God. My hope is not in my income. My hope is in God. My hope is not in my talents or my skills. My hope is in God. My hope is not in my morality. My hope is in his grace. In trust, you do not look for security in other things. You look to God as the only hope. When you trust, you don't look around. You don't get security from other things. You look to God as your only hope. Is God your only hope? I can't answer that question for you, but God sees your heart. Psalm 34, verse 7. It says, The righteous cry, verse 17. Psalm 34, verse 17. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all, not some. All their troubles. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Not some of them. Number four. Confront your fears and confess your unbelief. Confess it. You can tell God how you feel and in what areas of your life you are struggling to trust him. Confess it. Because sometimes when you confess it, right, the Holy Spirit ministers to you. Confess it. We see that example in Mark chapter 9, verse 24. Verse 24, the Bible says, Immediately, the father of the child cried out and settled with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief.' Help my own belief. I'm struggling here, Lord. Please help me, Lord. And I've done that several times. Especially when, when we're we doing one major project or the other. Lord, help me, Lord. I'm struggling here. I'm drowning here, Lord. Help me, Lord. Send me your help. When my faith is challenged, I'll tell you what I do when my faith is challenged. Number one, I listen to testimonies. I listen to, I listen to testimonies. So you have that same, so every last Sunday of every month in your, in your um, online church, right? So last Sunday of every month, you will see here, even on this platform, we have testimonies. On testimonies. So if your faith is challenged, come and listen to the, one, one of those testimonies. The God that has done it for them will do it for you. So I do. So the first thing I do, I listen to testimonies. I talk to people who have overcome challenges. Just to encourage myself. I talk to people who have overcome challenges. I do midnight watch. Prayer at midnight. Why? Because the Bible says at midnight Paul and Silas were singing praise to God. And suddenly, there was an earthquake. Acts chapter 16. So I do a midnight watch. And if you want want me to to do a midnight watch with you, go to www.7midnightwatch.com. So do a midnight watch. The next minute, I, 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 I come to the sanctuary, come to the altar, I lie on the altar, and just whip my heart out. especially when I'm interceding for people. Come to this same altar here, just lie there here, and cry my heart out to the Lord. God understands how you feel. Number five, be thankful over his blessings in the past. And be thankful over his blessings in the past and over your current situations. Why do I say be thankful? You know, you have a problem because you are alive, you know. Yeah? You have a problem because you are alive. It's a privilege to have a problem. It means you are alive. It's a privilege God has given to you and I to have challenges. It means that we are alive. The grave, in the grave, you, can't, you don't have problems in the grave. So, Thank God that you are alive to see and to go through what you are going through. Thank God. Thank God for his blessings in the past. Look at your life and look at other instances where God has come through for you. And then tell yourself, just like David, the God that delivered me from the lion and the bear, that same God can deliver me from the hand of this uncircumcised Philistine. You know, just look back. Take a moment to look back. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen says, Rejoice always. Verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Verse 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you trust God, my friend? I believe you can. The Lord bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your children. I ask, O oh God, that faith arise in their hearts to trust you, to acknowledge you as their Lord and their Savior, in the name of Jesus. Father, I take authority over every negative situation concerning your children today. Whatever it is that robs them of their joy, Father, I take authority over it today, in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that he that the Son of Man have set free is free indeed. I decree their liberty and their freedom today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www.gatewaychapel.org.uk. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.